Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome to Everything New York Giants. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram and TikTok. And before I get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone, all of the new listeners, subscribers, all of the comments I got on the videos. Thank you guys so much for all of the support for my interview with the Giants offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson. I've said this before, but you guys know that I was really excited to talk to him and I know the offensive line is not really a glamorous position and might not seem like it's that exciting of an interview or anything like that but because of the way that the Giants line has struggled for so long to be able to talk to him as a fan I mean I'm a fan first I don't work for the team I have no affiliation with them I am just a diehard Giants fan who likes to talk about the team all the time. So that's why I started this whole thing. But anyway, so so as a fan to be able to hear from his perspective, the work that he's putting in and what he's doing and how he's trying to improve this line and all of all of the things that he talked about in the interview, it was really I just think it was great to talk to him and I really loved it. So I appreciate all of your feedback and all of your excitement too to be able to hear from him. So thank you. Thank you for that. If you haven't listened yet, check it out. And today we are going to talk about some of the undrafted free agents that the Giants have brought in to compete. Now, the roster is taking shape, but over the course of the summer, you know, there are going to be other players who come in and out of the building. I think for the most part, we probably have a good idea of what this team is going to look like barring any major injuries or anything like that knock on wood we don't have to deal with any of that but for now um you know I think we have a good idea but of course the undrafted free agents who knows let's see if they get some playing time you know last year a guy named Toman Fox who was an undrafted free agent got in the game quite a few times and made some big plays. So just because these guys aren't drafted or, you know, they didn't come from the SEC or Big Ten or anything like that doesn't mean that they cannot be impact players on the field. So let's go into them. The Giants signed quite a few. So I have some stats and some information for most of them. Some of it was easier to find than others. So some guys we'll talk about a little bit longer than others. But I think it's just – it's just helpful information if you're going to training camp or keeping up with it th- up with it this summer then um you'll know who you're looking at when you see all these numbers going across the field so let's start with tommy devito now this is extremely timely because right now in minnesota the owners meetings are going on again and there was a rule that was just passed today that nfl teams are now allowed to have three quarterbacks on their roster throughout the season and the third quarterback is not included in that 53 number so basically it's a bonus which i think is great now there is a stipulation to the rule and it's that you can only use that third quarterback in a game if quarterbacks one and two are both injured. So basically what happened with the Giants last year, what happened with the 49ers last year, they would be able to have that extra spot for the quarterback only and be able to toss them in a game. So it was mentioned that 
if quarterback one got benched and quarterback two is not playing so well and they want to bench him, they don't have the option to bring in the third quarterback. It is strictly based on injury for QB one and QB two. So there is going to be some quarterback competition at camp. It's not going to be between Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. It is going to be with some of the other quarterbacks that are going to be competing it out now for the third quarterback spot on the roster. So let's talk about Tommy DeVito. He's 6'2", 210 pounds. He was the quarterback at Illinois. Prior to that, he also played at Syracuse. So in 2022, he started all 13 games. He went 279 for 369 passes for 2,650 yards and 15 touchdowns. And if one person talks about how it was only 15 touchdowns and Daniel Jones only threw 15 touchdowns, I don't want to hear from you. Stop it. His completion rate was 69.6%, and that's fourth in the nation. That's pretty impressive. And not only that, he led the Big Ten in his completion percentage. So Again, this could all mean nothing. It could all mean that he is going to be the number three quarterback on our roster. So we'll see. But the reason why Dable really liked him is that he said that he has a good spin on the ball and he's got good confidence. And we all know that confidence goes a long way in the NFL, especially in the New York media. So um, a couple other stats. So this is throughout his whole college career now. He had 31 starts, 43 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. So he's pretty good at protecting the ball. Um, He is a local New Jersey guy. He went to, I'm pretty sure he went to Don Bosco, which is right in the town that I grew up in. So uh, he's too young for me though. I did not go to school with him. So I don't know all that much about him, but listen, he's going to be brought into camp and we're going to see what he can do. So we'll see how he uh, goes up against with some of the 15 wide receivers that are on our roster. And, you know, either way, it's just going to be good competition. Like I have said before, you know, the more the merrier when it comes to roster spots, we have all seen what has happened when the Giants have suffered injuries. So again, the more the merrier. Now let's move on to Bryce Ford Wheaton. Now there has been a lot of talk about him. And from what I understand, he was projected to be drafted early on in the draft. And I'm not so sure what happened with him, why he fell so much, but I do think that he's going to have a, a chance to compete against the other 13 wide receivers in this camp. But Let's talk some more about him. So he's a wide receiver. He went to West Virginia and he actually was influenced, you guys, how about this for a fun fact, by wide receiver David Sills to go to West Virginia. Isn't that wild? And look at them both ending up on the Giants. So um, he tested over 90th percentile in the combine. He's 6'3", 221, and he ran a 4'3", So he's fast and he's got good size, which I think were probably a lot of factors that were talked about going into the draft this year. He's extremely reliable. In his entire college career, he only missed two games. And I don't have to talk to you guys about how reliability and dependability are two major factors that this coaching and scouting staff is looking into when they bring any player into the building. We all know that. Smart, tough, dependable, that is what is going to get you in the door to the Giants. He led the team in the receiving yards. He had three 100-yard receiving games in his career, and he also had three multi-touchdown games in his career. 
Um, one thing that was noted about him, which I think is definitely going to be a strength that he'll have compared to some of these other wide receivers, is that the back shoulder fade pass is his specialty. And you guys, it's been a long time since the Giants have successfully been able to nail that. Um, I think we all would have liked to see Darius Slayton do that a little bit more, but maybe Ford Wheaton is going to be his competition along with Jalen Hyatt because we know how fast he is. Something else to note. So again, if you guys are going to training camp or you're just keeping up with, you know, all of the news once training camp starts is keep an eye out for him versus Colin Johnson. Now, Colin Johnson was having a great camp last year. There was a lot of optimism. He's tall. He's, I think he's 6'6". Six, six. So there's a lot of optimism about what he was going to bring to this team until he tore his Achilles. I think it was during preseason, which was a real bummer, but he's back. He's on the roster this year and he is going to compete. So Again, this will be a good matchup. Him versus uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton versus Colin Johnson. They have similar skills and stature. So let's see what they got. Um, he also has experience as a special teams gunner, which, you know, when I've spoken to some of you before, we've talked about how Crowder or Jeff Smith, you know, we think that those guys were brought in specifically for those reasons that they'll be used on special teams. So again, Bryce Ford Wheaton is having a lot of good qualities that are going to give him the option to really compete for a roster spot, whether it's on the 53 or it's on the practice squad. And again, having that special teams experience is just something that's going to elevate him against someone else who maybe doesn't have that experience. So something else that was noted here is that he has inconsistencies in ball skills and concentration. Now, it sounds like similar issues that we have seen Darius Slayton struggle with. Now, one thing that was noted is that the ball skills can definitely be developed with good coaching. We have seen what this coaching staff has done for a lot of players on this team, and I expect that that's something that they'll work on with Ford Wheaton. But what I'm not so sure if they're going to be able to work on is the concentration, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what it stems from. I don't know what the issue is. Um, you know, with someone like Darius Slayton, we have seen him to continue on with the drops. So uh, again, I don't know if that's something that could be worked on, but time will tell and we will see. So let's move on now to a couple of defensive backs. The first one being Jemon Green. He's a defensive back from Michigan. He's 6'1", 186. Now, I don't have a ton of information on him, but he was an all-Big Ten selection and a four-year letterman, so a guy that uh, has you know, good qualities and is a good player off the field or a good person off the field. He appeared in 42 games with 24 starts at cornerback and one game he only played special teams. So again, having that special teams factor is definitely going to help some of these guys who are really competing, especially at the cornerback position. So we'll see if he gets some special team snaps in during camp. So keep an eye on that. Um, and last up here was 2022 stats. He had 10 starts and in those 10 starts, he had 20 tackles and four pass breakups. So not too bad. 6-1-186, pretty good size for a corner. I, I would expect that they might try and get him to put on a little bit of weight, um, but we'll see. So next up is another defensive back, Alex 
Cook and another guy that I just don't have a ton of information on. There wasn't a lot out there when I was searching for it. He's from Washington. He's 6'1", 196. So he's got about 10 pounds on Gemon Green. So we'll see if having that extra muscle, if it doesn't slow him down and it's something that he can use to his advantage when battling against Green. In 2022, he was a captain. So again, these are the qualities that this front office is looking for when they bring guys in. He's got good leadership and he was captain. He started all 13 games and led the team in tackles with 82. So sounds like some pretty good stats to me. Again, that's all I got. And, you know, just someone to keep an eye on during camp. We'll see if any of these guys can make it onto the 53 or the practice squad. So now let's talk about Troy Brown. He is a linebacker from Ole Miss. He's 6'1", 220. And in 2022, he played all 13 games. 12 starts at linebacker. He led the team with 93 tackles and he was the second on the team with five pass breakups. He had four quarterback hurries and one forced fumble. So they used him as an inside backer and he is pretty quick. So again, we need to get that speed in at linebacker. You know, the Giants have done a pretty good job at bringing guys in throughout the offseason. We don't know what we're looking at with some of the guys who were injured last year, like Beavers. So we'll see what he brings to the table this year. But again, the more the merrier. So having another linebacker in here, a guy that has speed and a guy that is going to compete, you know, he can make the tackle. Um Let's see what he could do. Uh, one last thing about Troy Brown. He also has special teams experience. So again, our special teams has also been a little atrocious over the last couple of years. And I think part of that has definitely been a talent thing. You know, we have had to use our draft picks on more important positions. And I think we saw that with the improvement on the offense and the defense, but we were really missing that on special teams. So I think, I don't know this for a fact, but I would guess that they made it a focus to bring in guys who have special teams experience, whether it's Crowder, Smith, guys that they picked up like them in the offseason, or these undrafted free agents who have that special teams experience too, because I think we have seen over the last couple of years that it's important. So we'll see how Thomas McGahee handles that this year. He is back again as our special teams coordinator, and he's been the special teams coordinator for a while for the Giants. So I know some people were saying, oh, we got to get rid of him and start new, whatever. And I just think that it's not always all on the coaching staff. They can only do so much with what they're given. And, you know, special teams was not a real disaster until the last year or two. So he's doing the best he can. Let's talk about Cameron Lyons. He is a long snapper from UNC Charlotte, six feet, 225 pounds and he got the honorable mention for special teams. Now, as a long snapper, there is not really a lot of information that I could find out about him, but having a backup for Casey Kreider in the off chance that he goes down or has any type of issue, again, the more the merrier, having a backup is always important. Let's talk about Ryan Jones. So he is the tight end out of East Carolina, but he also has played fullback and has fullback capabilities. Now on the roster right now, we have Chris Myrick, who is also a tight end. He's been used as a fullback a little bit, but the way that the tight end room has really changed throughout this offseason, Myrick's 
only shot and maybe someone like Ryan Jones, their chance to make the roster might be from a fullback perspective only because like I said, our tight ends are looking pretty good for the first time in a long time. So I feel optimistic about that, but let's see what Ryan Jones can do. So he's just under 6'2", 245 pounds. So pretty big dude. In six starts, he had 78 catches for 855 yards and nine touchdowns. 31 of his 78 passes went for over 10 yards. And then 10 of those 78 passes went for 20 plus yards. So obviously we like the sounds of that. Sounds like he's pretty fast. Like he can break tackles. Again, he's a big dude. So I'm sure at that size at just about 6'2", 245, he's probably able to knock down some linebackers along the way. But I um Let's see what else he can do. So he is also an oversized slot receiver. So again, probably explains why he has pretty good hands and why he's been able to make uh, those great catches and why he's been able to get so much yak yardage. Um, but he moves and catches well, and he's a good blocker on the move. And I think we can all agree that we love a tight end, wide receiver, or running back who can block, especially when our line is not at the capability that we would like it to be. It's going to get there soon, but we're working on it. So uh, we'll see what Ryan Jones can do. I know you guys are probably like, you've said that 10 times already and I get it, but there's just not as much information about these guys. And like anything, I mean, we can even say this with the draft picks, right? We have tape on them and whatever, but until they get in the building and until we see them at training camp and, uh, um, in preseason and in actual games in the NFL, you know, you don't hundred percent know what you're working with. So anyway, we'll see more of that when we can actually see it with our own two eyes at training camp. And when guys like Ryan Jones are going up against Darren Waller and, you know, Daniel Bellinger and some of our other tight ends that we have. So it will be a competition that is for sure. And I don't mean that anyone's competing to start over Waller or Bellinger. I think we can all agree that uh, that's probably not happening. They're, they're likely are running too. Um, okay, moving on to Habakkuk Baldonado from one Italian to another. Molto bene. We love this guy. He's from Rome and I'm talking about Rome, Italy. So he's a defensive end from Pittsburgh. He's 6'5", 260 and he is from Italia. And he is a defensive end that was signed to the team. So um, I got to work on my Italian because if, if I'm at training camp and I see him, I got to be able to have a little conversation with him and um, I can get by in Italian, but my guys have a cook Baldonado. I uh, got to keep up, you know? Anyway, so some qualities and things that we like about Baldonado and why he was brought in. So he's got hip explosion off the snap, very important. He does his part to challenge the pulling block and spill the runner wide. He's lateral. He has lateral quickness with the ability to get skinny to slip into the B gap. Now, this is going to help us so we can stop the run. I think we all oh, have seen, uh, we all watched us get destroyed against the run last year. And again, Joe Shane has done a lot. He's done a lot this offseason to bring in guys that he thinks that, that can help this. And having a guy who has this ability right here, the lateral quickness to be able to move fast, 
to get into the B gap to stop the running back. I love it. Some other things you need to know about him. He glides around the interior with basketball player-like footwork to find the back. Again, great. Knocks the tackle off balance and works back inside to the quarterback. What more do you want from a defensive end, right? Like a big dude that he can move quickly, he can get to the running back, he can get the tackle off balance, we can get to the quarterback. I mean, this is, this is what we want. So I'm excited about this guy. I still got a little more on him, but um, I'm feeling optimistic about him so far, you know from one Italian to another, of course. Um, he has a hop and chop edge move in his bag. So we'll see if we get to see that this off season. His athleticism creates rush opportunities in gaming fronts. So again, to have a guy that's that big, that's that athletic and can do the things that he can do, you don't see that every day. So, um, I mean, especially a guy from Rome, like he didn't even grow up with American football. So, um, again, excited to see what else he can do. So, um, some other notes on him, he got an extra year due to COVID, which happened a lot with this draft class. So a lot of these guys, John Michael Schmitz being one of them is they're a little bit older than the, you know, juniors or seniors, or sometimes even a sophomore who declares for the draft. But as far as I'm concerned, that's not a huge concern to me. I actually think, you know, especially someone from Rome, um, from Italy coming over here and learning, I'm sure that having that extra year was helpful. Um, and even though he had that extra year, he only lost, he lost seven games throughout college due to injury. Dependable. We like it. In 2022, he had 25 tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, two pass breakups, and a blocked kick. When was the last time you've seen someone on the Giants block a kick? It's been a long time. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so again, just because, you know, these guys did this in college, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're going to come to the NFL and they're going to come in and be blocking kicks left and right. But if this guy makes it onto the practice squad or the roster and has a blocked kick, I'm telling you all right now, I'm going to lose my absolute shit. So one can dream. He had a season high four tackles in three separate games. So obviously we know the front four is going to be Kayvon Aziz, Leo, and Dexter. But what we saw last year is that Leo and Dexter were playing way too much of the snaps, and we just didn't have anyone in there who was good enough to back them up. So again, something else that we've seen from Joe Shane and Brandon Brown, because these guys know what the hell they're doing for the first time in a long time, someone in the office does. Um, and you know, they have, they're doing what they can to build up that line behind them. We cannot have Dexter and Leo play 80% of the snaps. Leo was dealing with some injuries last year, which likely had to do with the amount of playing time that he was, got, he was getting probably the most that he's ever played in his career. So bringing in guys like Nacho, bringing in guys like these defensive linemen, you know, the guy also that they picked up in, um, the draft too, like they're doing what they can to bring in good backups when we need to rotate guys. So I think that's huge. And again, having um, the more the merrier. 
Um, last note I have on Baldonado here is he has a lack of discipline in setting the edge. He always gets sucked into play action. So that is something that Link and the other coaches are going to be working on him with. And we'll see if they can help him overcome it. So last up here is Deontay Johnson. He's a linebacker from Toledo. And he is 6'2", 230 pounds. So the stats that I have from him are for from 2021. He started all 13 games, and he was fourth on the team with 86 tackles. So that's all I have for the undrafted free agents. Those are all of my notes, some a lot, some a little. But again, all of this is, is to be taken with a grain of salt, right? Until these guys get on the field and we actually see what they can do. And, you know, seeing what they do in training camp versus seeing what they do in a preseason game versus a regular schedule game is obviously all going to be a little bit different. But the things that me as a fan and that I'm sure you guys are all looking out for too is just seeing that improvement. We know that the pace of play is going to probably knock all these rookies out for a little bit and they have to figure out how to adapt quickly. and we're going to see how they're capable of doing that. But, you know, just getting to see them in the building, I I really have a ton of confidence in our coaching staff, and I'm sure that you guys do too. We've seen what they have done in the last year for a lot of guys on this roster. And I just think that we are going to continue to see the development of players and getting them to play to their best ability in the coming years with this coaching staff. So I need to beg Mike Kafka and Wake Marindale, please, for the love of God, do not go anywhere. We need you for a little bit longer. But I think just seeing the second year in the system, you know, we're going to see a lot of the guys that are currently on the team that are vets already, they're going to take that step forward because of this coaching staff. And then, you know, imagine coming in as an undrafted free agent let's say as a wide receiver and you have Mike Rowe as your wide receiver coach. And then on top of that, you have Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator. I mean, these guys are, they're working with some good talent. So uh, very exciting. I think to be a Giants fan now, we've dealt with a lot of garbage in the last uh, decade or so outside of the one Super Bowl and the one playoff game that we have won. So um, things are finally looking up and I feel really good about that. So that wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you like the episode, please subscribe. The podcast is called Everything New York Giants. You can subscribe on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please check it out. And if you like it, I would love it if you reviewed it or shared with a friend. It'll help me um, grow and get more listeners. And then I can do more cool interviews and stuff like that for you guys. So again, thanks for taking the time to listen. And I will be back with another episode soon.